Hello, Oakland A's fans, and welcome back to the Athletics Baseball Podcast on Tuesday for the first ever bonus episode with me, your host, Taylor. And this basically is just part two from yesterday, but I thought it ran a little long and the two parts don't necessarily need to be together, I thought you might like to have them on two different days, two different episodes. This would be the starting rotation, the starting pitchers for the Oakland A's. Who are they going to be? Why do I think that there's 11 people to choose from for this? 11 likely candidates. And that's a lot. That's a lot of pitchers. And you can only have five. <laughs> little little uh, 101 here for you if you aren't overly familiar, if you're new or whatever. Most teams run five starting pitchers. Some run six. Almost everybody runs five these days. And you're basically wanting to get five or six innings out of this pitcher, seven would be great, but five is sort of what you're really needing to get in order to save your bullpen from having to throw too many pitches. I'm also going to be talking in this episode about ERA, which if you don't know, stands for Earned Runs Allowed which basically means runs that the other team scored on on your team's pitcher, but only if they're his fault. As in, if your defender in your infield or outfield makes an error and just drops a catchable ball, that's not penalized against the pitcher because that's just a big a big factor that's not totally his, not his fault at all, really, and in normal situations would not happen. So that's the sort of thing that's just excluded from this statistic in order to give a better idea of who's really a good pitcher instead of just who has the better defense behind them. Now, before I get into that and get the rest of the starting pitcher episode going for you. Just a brief reminder, if you haven't told your A's friends about this podcast yet, if you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed yet, I'd appreciate it if you would let it be known, tell your friends, tell your family, put a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice. And we'll just get right into the Oakland A's potential starting rotation for 2023. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was the potential starting pitchers for the Oakland A's in 2023. And this one is really tough. Really, really tough to figure out who the heck do I think is going to be the starting rotation for the A's? Because 
there are 10, maybe more, starting pitcher options, potential starting pitchers that the A's have that who do you choose? How do you choose? How do you get all of them enough starts to to remove to remove all of the extreme results of of extreme good and extreme bad to to see who is really the pitcher that you think that they are the pitcher that you need them to be and you've got guys that like AJ Puck would be number 11 starting pitcher potential and the A's have said publicly that they want to stretch him out and give him a shot at starting for the team. And that makes number 11. <laughs> so he's a great pitcher. He's got health concerns. He stayed healthy last year. Was it because he was in the bullpen? Or is he healthy now? I don't know, but what if all of these guys turn out to be good enough? What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> it's this is it's crazy to me that we have this many people that that could all be anywhere between okay and really good. Let's start with the two that will definitely be starting out the year in the rotation as starting pitchers. And they should be relatively obvious if you've been paying attention at least to the roster over the last year, the, the, the performances over the last year, who we have as options here. And that would be Cole Irvin and Paul Blackburn. So Cole Irvin was kind of a sleeper, came out of nowhere. Not literally, he came out of Philadelphia, I think, in a in a trade, I believe. But I don't think anyone... I don't think Cole Irvin was on very many people's radar. And he has had two good seasons in a row with the A's, and he just seems like he keeps getting better and it's going to be his age 27 season this year and we've got team control of him until 2027 which means through the 2026 season and then he becomes a free agent three of those years he's eligible for more money at arbitration where he, he would get paid more so if the A's don't see him becoming something that we want to keep around long term, you know, maybe sign him or, or whatever, maybe maybe we're so congested at starting pitching, maybe in a year or two, who knows, maybe we make another trade, you know, but he's 100% going to be the starting pitcher, one of the starting pitchers for the A's. Maybe number one, number two, number three. He's shown consistency now, and he's shown that he doesn't get injured as well, which is a big one. 
I've got projected ERAs for 2023 for all these guys as well, except AJ Puck, but I don't think that it will be totally accurate for everyone. The projected ERA for Cole Irvin is a 4.41, and I am pretty darn sure that he is going to do better than that this year. He has been outperforming the expected ERA these last two years, and I think that there's a flaw. I mean, there's almost certainly flaws with all of these projections and things that we look at. And Cole Irvin is a pitch-to-soft-contact, pitch-to-bad-contact pitcher. He gets guys to catch a piece of the ball and knock it into the dirt and then throw the guy out. That's that's sort of what he does, and he does it well. And I think that he added a new pitch before last season, and I think that I heard that he wanted to add a new pitch for this season, but I don't know if he has or how well anything like that is going or maybe he wanted to make improvements on one of his pitches. I can't remember, but I like Cole Irvin. I think he's going to have a successful year. The projected ERA of 4.41, I think he's going to do better than that. I think he's going to be somewhere around a 4.0 or maybe a 3.9. Just a guess. Just a guess. Next, Paul Blackburn. He is getting older He's 20 it's going to be his age 29 season. Last year, 2022, he was an all-star legitimately, not just because the A's had to send someone. <laughs> um he had an ERA in the low twos at one point, 2.2 or something. He was fantastic and then he started doing really badly and then he it was announced that he was injured and that he would need surgery. So in all likelihood, him doing super bad towards the end of his performance last year was because he was injured and trying to work through it, trying to hope that nothing was wrong. That's my guess. The question now for Paul Blackburn is, is he going to come back from this injury and the surgery and be the same player that he was? That's that's a tough question. You, you can't really answer that question. Um, you just have to sort of see how he does and hope that he can return to form. He would be... He, the A's would have control over him until the end of the 2025 season... So that's three more seasons. My guess is if he does well this year, if he does really well, if he shows that he maybe backs up that all-star performance a little bit for two, three months, he might get traded uh, relatively early on, which would allow some space for some of these other younger guys to sort of have their shot. You know, remember, 10, maybe 11 guys here, and 
they all need to at least get a look, you know. <laughs> so, he has no options, so we can't send him down. Cole Irvin has one option. I, I don't think we are going to need to even think about using that. But Paul Blackburn has no options. I don't think that he would necessarily end up being bad enough that we would need to option him down anyways, but when we're looking at who do we get playing time to, that's the tough question. So he's projected to have an ERA of 4.24 in 2023. I feel like that's just a safe sort of BS projection, honestly, because if he returns to form from his from his injury and his surgery, then it'll probably be a lot lower than that, and if he doesn't, then it'll probably be a lot higher. And that we'll just have to wait and see. Another thing to point out about Paul Blackburn is he doesn't really fit with the A's timeline, necessarily, of when when we're planning on being good again, right? Which is maybe two, three... Like, any, anywhere from two to three, four maybe years out when the A's... Probably probably about two. You know, he's going to be right at the end of team control at that point and getting more expensive by the year, presumably. So if he figures it out, uh, a good candidate for a trade, I think. Next, we've got Ken Waldachuk, who was... A big acquisition from one of our trades, specifically the Frankie Montas trade with New York, where the A's also got J.P. Sears, who's on this list as well, uh, Luis Medina, and Cooper Bowman. So Ken Waldachuk, he will be one of the guys for the A's this year, I think. He's got three options. So if we need to give some other guys some looks, we could use one of those. He's he's only 25. That's pretty young. Anytime I'm personally looking at pitchers coming up as prospects and getting their, their debuts and starting off in the majors, it's a lot different than hitters and fielders. Pitchers often come up much later than fielding and hitting prospects. It's not uncommon to see them come up when they're 26, 27, 28, and, you know, it it sometimes takes a while for pitchers to figure something out and have their breakout season, which pitchers may get looks in the majors before these seasons, but they usually don't stick as a starting pitcher in the majors until they're a little bit older. So 25, a pretty young starting pitcher. It'll be his age 25 season going into 2023. The A's will have control over him, over his contract until after the 2028 season. So we got him for a long time. If we figure something out with him, he could definitely, you know, if he if he turns out to be as good as people think that he might be, he could definitely factor into the A's future. And I think that he is definitely not a trade candidate for the A's. You know, we're going to want to keep him around and have him 
with us if if he can put on the performances that we want. We're going to want to have him with us during our next big run, maybe in two years, uh, 2024, 2025. So his projected ERA is 3.88. He's only had a couple of starts in the majors, so I can't really say much. He looked good in his in his last big league start last year. Uh, hopefully he can take that and and keep it rolling, keep it going forward, and if he comes in under four this year, then it will be an excellent rookie season, and I think that he'll only get better from there. So now we've got Drew Rasinski. Drew will probably be one of the starters this year for the A's, unless he's horrible, because the A's are actually paying him uh, he's he's getting paid, I think, $3 million this season. And the likelihood is that the A's are not going to pay him $3 million and then keep him on the bench. If he's really good, he'll be traded. If he is mediocre or average, I'll, I should say somewhere around a 4.0, 4.2 ERA, then he'll probably stick with the A's in the rotation this year, and then they might not... He has a second-year team option. They might not activate that option. They might just let him walk. But he's an interesting case because he had no success in the majors, didn't really get much of a shot, even, and didn't really get a lot of love in the majors. So he went and played in the Korean baseball organization and did really well over there, like a 3.0 ERA, and he is now 34, and the he's got no options, I do believe, um, as he was signed to a major league contract, and that's the other part of it. He's, you know, he's going to stick in the rotation as long as he's not horrible, because we also don't have anywhere to put him. So his projected ERA is a 5.13, and I don't know if that's a projection based off of his major league performances when he was younger and figuring things out and not really getting a shot, but there have been other players who had a worse ERA in Korean baseball uh, as a starting pitcher who come over to the big leagues, and they're not putting up a 5.13 ERA. They're putting up like a 4.3 or 4.4. I don't see any way that he's got a 5.13 ERA this season. I think on the bad side, he could be a 4.4, 4.5. And on the good side, the upside, you know, if he's sub 4, he could be like a 3.8 maybe. And that is number one top-tier trade bait right there. Pay a guy a million and a half dollars for half a season and get a prospect back on, again, that I I should point out, another rebuilding season in 2023, a season where we will do better than last year. I'm going to guarantee it, but we're probably not going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot. And that's normal, you know? You have to go through a rebuild, but... I think he will be in the rotation. So now what? We've listed off four people, 
and I think that they will all be in the rotation, and we've got seven more people. <laughs> so, what the heck is going on here? And only one of them has options that are likely going to be used, too. Ken Waldachuk, who is looking really good. So, do you really want to stop giving him experience at the major league level? This is this is tough. Next, you've got Kyle Muller, who was sort of shown off as the high, the highlight of the Sean Murphy trade. And Kyle Muller is another young guy. 25, 25 year season with the A's. He has not had a lot of playing time, so we should have him through the either through the 28 season or the 29 season, but he has been used a couple of times, a couple of years, so he's only got one option year left, and the A's might need to use it this year because my guess is he will not be fully in the rotation 100% of the time. I think he's going to need to bounce up and down a little bit for this first year as we clear out space for the rotation. His projected ERA is a 3.92, which is basically the same as Ken Waldachuk's, and they're the same age. Maybe Ken Waldachuk, even though he had already a handful of good starts last year, maybe he too will need to be bouncing up and down in order to clear up some rotation space for some guys to get some major league playing time. So, Kyle Muller, young guy, 3.92 projected. I don't know what he's going to actually do. I haven't seen him play, but he was sort of framed as the centerpiece for the Sean Murphy deal. However, there's also Freddie Tarnock, and Freddie Tarnock is even younger. This is going to be his age 24 season, and he has had one season where he's made major league appearances, but not enough to count as a whole season. And Braves fans, actually, I've seen say, he was also, like I said in that Sean Murphy trade, Braves fans, I've seen say that he is the real centerpiece of the Murphy trade. And it appears that Fangraphs agrees, because they give him a 3.65 projected ERA. So Fangraphs likes something about him. And... I don't know what, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't or anything like that, but I am saying that maybe he will turn out to be better than Kyle Muller. Maybe he will turn out to be better than Ken Waldachuk. Maybe he really was the centerpiece of that trade deal. I don't know. However, I do think that he gets a look in 2023. I don't think that he is going to be in the rotation the full time. We got J.P. Sears, who pitched pretty decently for the A's in 2022. We got from the Frankie Montas trade with the Yankees, along with Ken Waldachuk. And he, it will be his 26-year season. He's got two options, and... He's got a projected ERA of 3.93, so about the same as Kyle Muller, 
pretty close to Ken Waldachuk, so another guy who is looking pretty good, and he's got two options, so I think that he's going to be another guy who's going to be bouncing up and down, getting playing time. Now we come to James Caprellian, who I really like, but he might not be ready to play at the start of the season. He had uh, shoulder surgery in the off season, and it'll be his 29-year season, and we've only got him through through to 2027, so through the 2026 season, and then he's a free agent. His projected ERA, which I don't trust for him, uh, is a 4.75 which is not good, but like I said, I don't believe it um, for 2023. I think for him it's a year where he's coming off the injury, uh, just like Paul Blackburn. Who knows what's going to happen with him? He's got no options, though. So once he's healthy from the surgery and off the injured list and and everything, he's got to be on the roster. So I think once he's ready for that, he's in the roster, and one of the young guys gets bumped down to AAA. And I think that because he's older and we have less team control, he might, if he can put up a good performance, he might get the Paul Blackburn treatment that I think, I think the potential Paul Blackburn treatment where he might get traded partway through the season once he shows that he's healthy and that he can pitch as well as teams want him to and I think that maybe even if he isn't there, I think maybe partway through this season the A's might try to trade him for for something. Like maybe maybe just a, a gamble sort of a guy that's just younger because we don't we don't have room on this rotation. Then there's Adrian Martinez, who was a young guy who made some appearances with the A's in 2022 and did not do fantastic, but he is young. He It'll be his 26-year season. He does not yet have a full season in the majors, so we should have him through 2028, 2029, through the end of one of those seasons. And... He's got two options. One of them, since he made his first appearance last year, one of them was used last year. Projected ERA, 3.97. I don't know about that. It seems a little bit a little bit low with not a lot of reason for it, in my opinion. I don't know what they're using to calculate these projected ERAs. I believe it's the Fangraph's projected ERAs. But I think maybe he takes some steps forward and maybe maybe he can put up around a 4.0 ERA. But of all of the young guys on here, I, I have trouble more trouble seeing where he slots in than guys like Ken Waldachuk, Kyle Muller, uh, Freddie Tarnock, J.P. Sears, the, these other young guys that I feel like have higher ceilings and they were also received from big trades, trades for stars and 
just, you know, it's sort of a stupid thing, but I think it's kind of true, even if it shouldn't be, that when teams receive a player from a big-time trade, a trade from one of their star players, they really feel like they want to get something out of it because they don't want to feel like or they don't want for the fans to feel like the team lost that trade in a bad way. So I feel like the the centerpiece of a trade for Matt Olson or Frankie Montas or Sean Murphy is going to get a lot more opportunity than someone like Adrian Martinez. I don't know. I mean, we got Adrian Martinez from the Sean Manaya trade, um, but we also got Uribiel Angeles, who, who is younger, and he is a he is an infielder, and he's only twenty. And I feel like maybe he was more of the centerpiece of that trade. Maybe I'm just being biased against Adrian Martinez. And I hope that's... I, I, I wish the best for all of these players, for everyone who plays in baseball minors, majors. You know, this is their career, and I want for it to go well for them. But in 2022 and 2021 in AAA, his ERA was over 5 both years. In AA, it was 2.34. In single A, it was one one and a half, but he got blown up in triple A, and he got blown up in the majors, and he had a 6.24 ERA with 12 starts for the A's in 2022. I'm not so hot on Adrian Martinez as apparently Fangraphs is, and, and he has two options. Like I said, I see him maybe as one of the guys who gets less less playing time than some of these some of these other guys, and maybe doesn't get so much until he can prove himself in AAA. I don't know. So I don't think that he will be one of the guys who is starting out getting a lot of rotation time in 2023. Then we have Adam Aller who did pitch quite a bit for the A's in 2022. He pitched in 19 games. He started in 14. He's 28 years old. Uh, Oh, Adrian Martinez is 26, if I didn't mention that. I thought I did, but... Adam Aller is 28. He's a righty. He had a 6.3 ERA for the A's in the majors... And in the minors, unlike Adrian Martinez, in 2022, he had a 3.69 ERA in AAA. And in 2021, he had a 2.45 ERA in AAA. So he has shown higher quality of pitching in AAA. He has had similar results, uh, the same results, I think, as Adrian Martinez in the majors but he also got some looks as a reliever. And when he was a reliever, he had some better results going 
one inning with no earned runs, 1.1 innings with one earned run, two innings with one earned run, two innings with no runs, two innings with one earned run, all of that meant a 3.24 ERA, which is pretty good. Definitely, you, you might like that. And then in April and May, he only had four starts between the two months. They were all not very good. But before that, he had some decent ones. Uh, he had August, where he had five starts and a 3.03 ERA, which it seems like when it comes to being a starting pitcher, there's two Adam Allers. There's the 3.0, 3-point-something starting pitcher, the the really solid starting pitcher, Adam Aller. And there's also the Adam Aller that gets absolutely decimated. I mean, decimated. Like, five innings pitched and six earned runs. Or one inning pitched and three earned runs. Or, even worse, there. let's see, there's five innings pitched and eight earned runs. <laughs> so, you can take your pick of bad games that he had in 2022 where he just got blown up, destroyed. But he also was a really good reliever in a year where the A's were really... the. Not only was the relieving not very good, but the defense was not very good either, which can also make a pitcher look worse than he really is. So, I think that Adam Aller could be a candidate for making a switch into the bullpen in 2023. But he might also get a look as a starter probably not a priority look as a starter, given that there's so many potential starters for the A's in 2023 that all need to get some playing time to to build up some major league experience. And then we've got A.J. Puck, the 11th guy on my list. I know that his upside as a starter is huge, However, I, I actually think that we should just keep him as a reliever. I think we've got a ton of good options, even after we potentially trade a few and turn a few guy, few more guys into bullpen arms. We've still got more options than we can actually play on the field at one time. And A.J. Puck, you know, we just need to get his control working a little bit and get his body not to be injured ever again, ideally, and and keep him on the relieving squad. Maybe make him a closer if he can handle it mentally and if he can handle it without being injured. Because he's he's got crazy action on his balls, he's got a lot of pace, and I don't know. You know, we we need we need a closer as well, so my my final list here is sort of to start the season off Cole Irvin, Paul Blackburn, Drew Rasinski, and then Kyle Muller and Ken Waldachuk. That's my guess at the beginning of the season and 
Kyle Mulder and Ken Waldachuk will probably be jumping up and down a little bit, giving giving little bits of playing time to J.P. Sears, Freddie Tarnock, Adrian Martinez, and maybe even Adam Aller until James Caprellian is healthy. And then I'm going to say maybe Ken Waldachuk or one of Ken, Ken Waldachuk or Kyle Muller will be sent down. Basically, probably whoever's doing worse. And James Caprellian will then be one of the five guys. And that'll, I think, go until the trade deadline, where I'm going to expect Paul Blackburn and James Caprellian to be gone. I think that they're both going to be traded, which would open up room. And after then, I think it'll be Cole Irvin... Ken Waldachuk, oh, and maybe Drew Rusinski as well, depending on how he does. Uh, So let's say he gets traded as well, which I think is the ideal situation for the A's. If Blackburn, Rusinski, and Caprellian all are sold at the trade deadline, then I think that your starting lineup, or your starting rotation, would be Cole Irvin, Ken Waldachuk, Kyle Muller, J.P. Sears, and Freddie Tarnock. And I think Adrian Martinez is the guy that gets... At that point, you know if he... if you want to give him more looks or not, I think. And Adam Aller will either have had a couple of starts where he's impressed and gets another look as a starter or will have, by that time, made the full switch to the bullpen. And I think that that really is the only way that I see this working, because there's just so many people fighting for five spots. You know, I don't think that you can make that switch for A.J. Puck, because there's then there's 11 instead of 10. I think that you want to make Adam Aller a bullpen guy because if he's a rotation guy, then there's 10 instead of 9. <laughs> and I think that Adrian Martinez had probably the worst performance in 2022 and never really showed much in AAA. I think he is put on the back burner, basically, compared to these other guys until he can at least show that he can do it in AAA, I think. So, uh, working through this rotation is just something. (laughs) Because there's so many potential guys, and, and there's more. There's, you know, there's more guys on the, on the minor league squad that you never know if someone has a, a breakout in double or triple A that someone we're not even looking at right now, they might basically be good enough to essentially, through their performance, say to uh, Kotze, you know, bring me up because I'm ready. And if you've got a guy that's putting on a clinic in the minors, you sort of have no option 
other than to give them a chance. So it's it's definitely a complicated situation trying to figure out a starting rotation from such a long list of people. Hopefully I did an okay job of it. Hopefully it wasn't too much info, too much detail for you guys. But that's sort of my take on on the situation here for the A's. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening to another Athletics Baseball podcast. I hope that, again, you had a great weekend, and I hope your week is great going forward as well. See you next time.